Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Ruben Swart. Ruben is the founder of Memorin, the CRM for solo consultants who hate selling, and I'm doing air quotes for selling. And he's also the host and chief nerd of the Sales for Nerds podcast, which I am honored to have been on. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ruben. Well, it's great to be here, Diane, and thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and your book and for coming on the podcast. I'm really happy to, to be on your podcast. I'm excited to be here. Well, excellent. I'm excited to have you here, and it was a blast uh, of being on your podcast. So um, thanks for that. So today we're going to be talking about um, you know, the importance of having more conversations, but you know, without selling. And I would love it if you would explain to the listeners why conversations are so important, you know, in this age of email and social media and texting. What's that all about? Well, and I had to learn this the hard way. So hopefully if you're listening, you can learn it the easy way. But all those other emails and, and social media, SMS, et cetera, they are a they're wonderful communication technologies, but they are not a replacement for actual one-on-one -on -one human conversation. The amount of information that we transmit when we meet someone face-to-face -face or over video or even over the phone is orders of magnitude greater than what we can transmit with an email or even a long email thread. And that information density is partly what we need if we're selling complex solutions, but it's also what we need to establish trust and know something about the other person. That's how we as humans evolved. So much of our brains are devoted to understanding, can we trust this person or not? What are they all about? How do we do that? Well, we do that by having conversations. It's so great. I, I you know, there, there's so many people who I think believe that social media um, has taken the place of that personal interaction. And for me, it's just accelerated the opportunity to have the personal interaction. I think that's exactly right. I think of it as these technologies are enablers of conversation and they enable yeah. you to start a conversation at a slightly deeper level because you may have already exchanged some basic information, but they are not a replacement for conversation. And I like to think of it as even for introverts like myself, we need these conversations to nourish us sort of at a deep psychological level. And if you're getting those conversations just from email and social media, it's like you're eating junk food and fast food all day. And it's cheap and quick and convenient, but it's not very nourishing. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm so glad you brought up introverts because I think a lot of people consider themselves introverts. And so they don't necessarily feel comfortable with this. But what I heard you say was for you as an introvert, 
you need conversation. It, it's like fuel for you. Um, and I would imagine that, you know, that that's probably true for just about anybody, but as for, for someone who's an introvert, um, is there like, how do they engage outwardly? So, you know, it's one thing to receive the verbal really, you know, communication, but what do you say to them in regards to, okay, <laughs> how do they make sure they're having these conversations? Yeah, great, great question. And something that I certainly struggled with for a long time, because I thought that having conversations meant going to networking events and, you know, exchanging business cards and all those pleasantries and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I enjoy that much more than I used to. But I think the thing is, even when you're introverted, there typically are types of conversations that you enjoy. You may not enjoy being in a room with 100 people, but you like hanging out with one or two close friends. We can do something similar on the business side of our relationships. And I think part of what it, what we need to do is really establish what we're all about and who we help. Because then instead of trying to market to people, we can teach people about the thing that we're passionate about. And the people who care about that as well are going to gravitate towards us. And we can have conversations about the thing that we're both interested in instead of me trying to be all salesy or trying mm -hmm. to be all slick and and connect in a yeah. way that maybe would be a lot of fun and, and completely genuine for an extroverted person, but makes introverts feel very awkward and out of place. Oh, I, I love that. So, because I think um, it's so much easier to teach than to feel like you're, you have to sell. Right. I just say, don't market, teach and don't sell help and don't network, <laughs> just connect. <laughs> So simple. Well, and the thing is, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it yeah. is simple. And I think for a lot of us, and it, some of this came across in your book, right? We kind of know how to interact with people from a very young age. And we, in some ways, overeducate ourselves with all these techniques and, and tips and practical yeah. sales guides and so on. And before we know it, we've forgotten all the stuff that we learned in kindergarten about how to interact with other people. It's so true. It's so true. So what, what I used to, um, when I would do presentations around networking, I would bring this cardboard, this life-size cardboard cut out of my daughter. She was 16 at the time. <laughs> and I would put it up and I would say, explain what you do as if you were talking to her. She's not a child, but she's not in the business world either. You know, so you're not going to use all the acronyms and fancy speak, you know, you're, you're probably just going to help her understand what you do. Try that on for size. So it really is about the more natural, you know, curious conversation as if you were, uh, you'd run into, um, distant family that you hadn't seen in 20 years. And they asked you what you were up to. I think that's great. And that cardboard cutout example is fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Of course, she's beautiful, you know, so I, I could go, and this is my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And she had a little speech bubble that came out of her face that I could write on, you know, okay. <laughs> like whiteboard. So I could write, you know, what do you do? Anyway, uh, it, it was, it worked. Anyway, so what about 
getting more conversations with qualified buyers is there like a process or you know steps that you suggest people go through to do that absolutely and i think again most people overthink this and then they get analysis paralysis and they don't end up doing anything so the first thing i'd say is you already know a bunch of people who are either past buyers or potential buyers or people who can introduce you to potential buyers are you having regular conversations with them, right? Your past clients, how many, when was the last time you spoke to them? I don't mean that you sent them an email newsletter or a follow-up email or whatever, but that you actually had an interactive conversation, put a process in place to make sure you're having those conversations. And I know when I was consulting, I didn't want to be one of those consultants that just kind of milked the client again and again. Yeah. And I actually did a terrible job because there were a lot of clients I should have helped more. And I was so worried about being icky that I didn't, follow up with them appropriately, <laughs> right? You don't have to be icky. Yeah. You're just being human. Yeah. So do that. Start with those people. And then you'll find that that leads to a bunch of sales conversations. It leads to referrals. And in a sort of like quantum mechanics, you never know exactly whether this conversation or that conversation is going to lead to something. Yeah. But if you have the habit of having those conversations, good things will follow. And the nice thing about having it as a habit versus, oh my gosh, I need to close some business. I haven't got a referral this month is there's no pressure on any individual call. You're yeah. just connecting person to person. And sometimes they're going to ask, oh my gosh, can you send me a proposal? And sometimes they're not going to be interested at all. And sometimes you're going to say, hey, you know what? I know you asked about working with me, but I actually know the person that you should really work with is an even better fit for you. And you can make that introduction. And that feels great as well. Yeah, right. And you don't end up, up in that really bizarre end of the month scramble to offer deals and discounts and whatnot just to make you know your quota, so to speak. That's right. And so of course I'm I'm biased about this, but I suggest people block off time in their calendar. Yeah. And my CRM supports this, right? You click on it and you click start call mode and it will just take you to the first person you're supposed to talk to so that you don't have to think about, okay, which of the 300 people should I be talking to? Just worry about this person. And then when you kind of have a handle on on that inner circle, usually you, you think, well, how can I get more people like this in? And right. that's where having great positioning and having a strong website is really helpful. You can get leads and conversations if you have the appropriate lead magnets on your site. And also having that strong positioning is going to make you so much more referable when you are talking to people. I think a lot of folks make the mistake of saying, you know, I'm a business consultant or I'm a, uh, an accountant or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with being a business consultant or an accountant, but it's kind of like, there's so many people who have that description. How can anyone yeah. refer you? How can anyone decide if they come to your website, if you're the person for them? Make it so that you are the, the Google or the Apple or the Microsoft or whatever of your tiny niche, because you don't need to serve a billion people. Right. Stop worrying about whether someone may be offended or may not like, you know, I'm assuming you're not being offensive. You're just having an opinion, right? You're <laughs> like, I'm the CPA for people who have dogs and cats and need to think about pet deductions or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
right? So, yeah. so that if I have a bunch of dogs or cats or maybe horses or something that is likely to actually involve tax deductions or something like that, uh, then I'm like, oh, okay, finally, someone who gets that I need to worry about my horse feed. And if I don't have horses, I'm like, this isn't the person for me. And right. that's great, not just for me, but for the CPA who doesn't have to waste time trying to convince someone who isn't a strong fit, they can focus all their energy on the people who are great fit they're going to get more clients out of it. They're going to get uh, better pricing power. And back to our original point about the conversation, they're going to have all these really fun conversations with people who love horses, just like they love horses, right? right? So that doesn't feel like selling. But if you try to be all generic, then you end up trying to convince people and then you get into those awkward salesy conversations. Yeah, right. Yeah, so good. Whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash seizevisme to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. So, okay. So then what should people do after the conversation to be most effective? Well, I think part of it is during the conversation, and you make a great point about this, like, let's just be curious about the other person and not just slamming them with our pitch. Yeah. And so that lets somebody really open up and and talk about stuff that's meaningful. And depending on how that goes, you're going to have some next steps. And so I think figuring out what are the next steps before you get off the call is really helpful. And the next step maybe, eh, call me back in six months. Right. That's totally fine. Right. Or it may be, let's talk next week. I need to get Bob in here so we can talk about the integration with the whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or it may be, I'm going to introduce you to someone else I know, because that's the important thing that, that we discovered out of this conversation, that this person I know could be really helpful to you or vice versa. And I think letting it flow kind of as, as a conversation yeah. would, and, and when the right things happen, there will be good next steps. And sometimes you're like, every once in a while, I have a conversation with someone. I'm like, I do not like this person. <laughs> I don't think they're a good person and I don't like talking to them. I don't want to talk to them again. And be, right. Because you have that habit and you have a flow, there's no pressure to say, I have to like everyone I talk to. Yeah. And I don't have to be offended if someone doesn't like talking to me, that's okay too. Right. Like someone else may, may decide the same thing from the other end of the conversation. That's all fine. Just let it be and know that there's more. Right. Right. I, I so appreciate that. And I'm unbelievably glad that you said you got to let it flow. I, I think so many people think they have to have this all scripted. And so it's, you say this and they say that, and then you do this. And you're so right that you have to just be present for the conversation and then take it where it should go naturally next. Right. That's the way that, that humans interact, if you go to the doctor's office and you're like, doc, my knee is hurting. And they're like, great. 
let's prep you for surgery. <laughs> you'd run out of the doctor's office, bum knee and all, right? Yeah, but they're right. gonna they're gonna poke on your knee. They're gonna ask you a bunch of questions. You're gonna decide, do I like this person? They're gonna decide, is this person gonna be a pain in the neck and and or not, right? right. And you can kind of feel each other out and then decide. It might be, hey, go home and do some stretches and and, and stop doing some of those squats you were doing. Yeah. Or it may be you need surgery and I'm the best person on the planet to do it for you. Who knows? Right. But let's not assume at the beginning that everyone needs surgery. And unfortunately, that's what so many people do. They have the outcome already set before they even enter the conversation. That's right. And I've certainly been there. And I think part of it for me was not understanding what sales was about. So I was trying to impersonate a salesperson and doing a bad job of it and knowing that I was bad at say, quote unquote, selling. So I was trying to sort of mimic what I thought a salesperson was, which wasn't a very good thing, really. Whereas if you just say, okay, I'm going to get enough conversations that the right ones are going to lead to business. I'm just going to mm -hmm. treat everybody the way I want my doctor to treat me when I roll in there as a patient. First of all, you just have so much more fun. Yeah. And you end up selling more because you're not trying to sell anybody. It's one of those right. Zen type things. Yeah. <laughs> totally counterintuitive. But I think oh, you wrote a book about that, didn't you? I did. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> okay. Now I'm imagining that there are people listening and they're saying, okay, I hear you. I get it. It feels better just listening to it, but I don't even know where to start. So do you have, you know, input for how to even start the whole process of having better conversations? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. And first thing is to be patient with yourself. Yeah. Because, great. right, like if you're, I know that it, I, I made a very conscious decision it, a few years back that I actually liked conversations if I did them the right way. And I was going to get better at it. And I was going to default to picking up the phone instead of defaulting to avoiding the phone at all costs. But that didn't mean that I was an amazing uh, phone salesperson or an amazing conversationalist just by deciding that. And part of it was just, I'm going to, one, I'm going to decide to do that, but I'm going to build up the habit. I'm not expecting that every conversation is going to be the most amazing, you know, uh, Pulitzer worthy interview in the history of mankind. It's just, I just want to connect with people and I don't, I'm not trying to meet a certain quota. I want to reestablish relationships that I've kind of let dry out, out on the vine. Um, I want to make new relationships in a, in a more constructive, deeper, more authentic way. And like I said earlier, part of this starts with, you already know a bunch of people that you actually really like talking to mm. who would really appreciate a call from you. And I, I like I, I knew that this was going to be a struggle for me. So I'm like, I'm going to start easy. I'm going to start with the people that I actually would really like to talk to. And, oh, but what if they're busy and blah, blah, blah. And certainly that can be true. But I can't tell you how many people said, I am so glad you called. Mm -hmm. Or how many people tell me, I want to be like you in terms of follow-up. And actually wow. just picking up the phone and calling people because yeah. everybody emails and no one has a conversation. It really makes a big difference to have a conversation. And if the way I look at it is if I can do this, anybody can. <laughs> right. Right. 
I know. I look at these things that way too. And I love what you said about um, when you when you take that pressure off of everyone I talk to has to be a sailor, you know, ha has to lead somewhere and think about it more about, you know, the, the more people I talk to, the more, you know, meaningful, genuine conversations I have, the more I'm going to uncover who I should be working with. It just changes that whole dynamic uh, of how you approach the conversations. It's not like you're not trying to close a deal. Absolutely. And I think we've all been in those situations where we have been feeling like a, a salesperson is kind of stabbing us with a pitch from the get-go. Yeah. And, and we all know how icky that feels. And then we've also been in situations where we were interacting with someone and we probably didn't even feel like they were selling us. Yep. They were just helping us and we were eager to buy and everything went great. And you end up with a really positive impression of that person. And I'm guessing that that person makes a lot more in commissions than the person who was trying to stab you. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it, right? And I think you and I have a similar philosophy here that we're not trying to turn anybody into the world's most amazing, powerful, I know 88 closed techniques salesperson. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that in the right situation, but most of us are, are not that and we don't want to be that we're trying to succeed without selling. We're trying to help, not sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know it's so, um, what, what I love about this is that I think it's more natural, it's more comfortable, it's more enjoyable. And I really like what you said about reaching out to the people who you enjoy talking to first, because then you have a really good experience with it. Mm -hmm. So then you're, happy and you're more motivated to do more of it because um, you you realize that it goes well, right? That right. whatever you were thinking about it just isn't real. Absolutely. I think that's really important. Uh, we all want to think that we're rational, but really our emotions are, are mostly in, in charge of us. So, yeah. uh, you know, if we can give ourselves those positive feelings, it makes us much more eager to get back on the phone, get back into the room, get back on Zoom, whatever it might be. And in fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday who is, uh, you know, he's a guy I know got introduced somewhere. He's on the free version of my software. He, there's no money involved or anything like that, but he's just fun to talk to. And he asked me, he's like, hey, how are you so upbeat all the time? Because he's another solopreneur. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you always just sound really into what you're doing. And I'm like, well, I am into what I'm doing. Right? I get to Isn't do stuff he? that I care about. He <laughs> totally is. Right? And, and I'm not trying to put him down. Yeah. But I think we all have those moments where you feel like you're in a grind instead yeah. of. And, and I know from personal experience, a lot of that grind came from feeling like, oh gosh, I got to build a pipeline. I got to close some deals. Ah, uh, right. Cause that's uh -huh. not what I like. That's uh -huh. the part that sucks. Right. What I like is helping people, building products, having great conversations. So what if I could just do that right? and not worry about the pipeline? Know that if I do that and, and do it reasonably well, and I, I stick with it, that the pipeline is going to take care of itself better than it would if I was just focused on it. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and it's interesting, you know, I was talking to someone who who was struggling with, okay, what do I do here? And I 
said, reach out to past clients who you haven't talked to in a while. They're not doing business with you now. Just ask them how they are. Just see what's going on with them, you know, or an interesting point in time where people have been through a lot of stuff. Just tell them you were just thinking about them and just curious. And she did. And she emailed me and said, oh my God, I reached out to this past client and I have um, an engagement with them. You know, they're engaging us to do a project. And, and, you know, of course, what I wanted to say was, uh, yeah, no kidding. But, (laughs) you know, but you have to be having the conversations and it wasn't a selling conversation. It wasn't, do you have any work for me? It was, how you been? Right. So, right. It doesn't, I think, I think you even said this too, that we complicate things that really are simple. That's right. And I, I think there's a whole industry maybe several industries devoted to all the complexities and making sure everyone knows just how hard and complicated this is so that they can sell you more training and tools and books and seminars and whatever. And I'm not even saying these people are, are badly intentioned or wrong because yeah. there are a ton of nuances to these things. And, and sales is a profession that if you want to be really good at it, you got to practice and practice and practice. But at the same time, if you don't think of yourself as a salesperson, right? You're just a small business owner who happens mm-hmm. to be responsible for revenue, right? If you try to mimic the, the training and practice regime of somebody who spends 50 hours a week selling for 20 years, you're going to drive yourself crazy and not have any fun and not be a great salesperson either, not be effective. Definitely. You have to take a different approach. You have to take a simpler approach that's true to who you are. Right. That's right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise it just doesn't, it's not genuine. It, you, you don't come off as you, you come off as someone who's acting like someone else. Right, absolutely. And I've been through that experience and, and the other people can tell yeah. and you can tell that they can tell and it just spirals <laughs> downhill from there. And I remember being in those meetings, trying to like sell and remember all my techniques and this and the other thing. And then I remember being in meetings where I just completely lost track of the fact that I was in a quote unquote sales meeting. And it was just me and and the prospect talking about a problem. And those meetings would go great. Yeah. I was like, well, wait a second. Why don't I just treat them all that way? Yeah, right. Right. We make it so hard. So crazy. Wow. I, you know, I totally appreciate this, this information. And I, and I, and obviously I agree with you, uh, but it's so nice to hear it from your perspective um, as someone who learned as, you know, by doing and going through the process and having a lot of experiences that I think a good number of our listeners have um, and, and, really presenting a way of looking at it that just makes it so much easier and, and more palatable. Yeah, it's amazing. And it took me years of struggle and flailing to get here. And, and that's really why my mission is, is so sort of deep in me because I have that visceral experience of, oh my gosh, this is awful. Why is this so awful? Why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. Surely there's a better way to do things. And, and there is. And the nice thing is, for people who are 
really passionate about, you know, accounting for horses or uh, whatever it might be, you want to spend your time doing that stuff. You don't want to spend your time, right. quote unquote, selling. And so the more you can kind of arrange your whole mission and, and pipeline around this area of expertise, the less it feels like selling, the less it feels like marketing, the more it feels like you're just getting to do the stuff that you care about, yeah. right? You're teaching people about uh, the, the thing that you're, you find important on your website or in speaking engagements or whatever, you're having conversations about that. And the right people, like with your client, they're going to say, Hey, great. Can you send me a proposal? Yeah. Yeah. Or even not in that moment, but you've reconnected, you've re-engaged and you may hear something going on with them that you can't provide them a solution to, but you know, someone else who can. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. And I, and I don't think people give that enough uh, weight, you know, how important that can be because being that go-to is invaluable. Absolutely. And it makes you feel good in the moment too, uh -huh. to be able to make that referral. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's about relationships, right? I mean, it's just about nurturing, building and nurturing relationships. Yeah. It's all the stuff we learned in kindergarten, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I need to know, right? Isn't that how that goes? I learned That's in right. kindergarten. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. We got to get back to easy. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. And and we've layered so many things on top of that. And society yeah. keeps getting more and more complicated, more and more fast paced, more and more automated. And supposedly this is quote unquote better. And in some ways I think it is, but I think we have to keep in mind, we want all these technologies to serve us and not yeah. for us to have to serve the technologies. Right. Right. That's a great point. Boy, Ruben, thank you so much for um, joining me and having this conversation with me. Will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you about Memorin and what that's all about and anything you think they should know? Sure. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Ruben Swartz, R-E-U-B-E-N-S-W-A-R-T-Z. I think I'm the only one on LinkedIn, but I'm not sure. Uh, you can also find me at mimarin.com, M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com. And that's the CRM that I wished I'd had when I was struggling with all the traditional CRMs when I was running my consulting practice. And uh, just a whole different way of thinking about it that lets you be yourself and lets you have good conversations and lets you get leads from your website and also automates things all the way through to e-signature on the proposal. So that's been a lot of fun. And I'm also, as you mentioned at the beginning, the host and chief nerd on the Sales for Nerds podcast, which is dedicated kind of like your podcast to helping folks with sales and marketing who think that those are dirty words. <laughs> and it is a great podcast. I highly recommend it. It's fun. It's easy. It's engaging. Uh, and you get a lot out of it at the same time. So, Well, I certainly uh, enjoyed having you on. Oh, I enjoyed being on. It really was. It, it, it's uh, you have a, just a great format there and you're easy to talk to. So I, well, for me, why, that's always the best part. Right? That's why I have people drink the wine. It makes me exactly. easier to talk to. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> for the entire episode. 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you being here and listeners. Thank you. You are who we are doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.